This is Positively Mental, sponsored by Fremont Counseling. In addition to their medical screenings and treatment, primary care doctors should be involved with all aspects of health, including mental health. Talk to your primary doctor about screenings for depression and other mental health concerns, and they can help create a well-rounded treatment plan, including counseling. If you're unsure about how to speak with your primary care provider or would like an evaluation immediately, you can contact Fremont Counseling to take advantage of open access hours. You can call Fremont Counseling in Lander at 332-2231 or Riverton at 856-6587 or look up their information at fremontcounseling.com. Exploring mental health and the human mind one episode at a time. This is the Positively Mental Podcast. From the Porter's 10Cast studio, here's professional counselor Lance Godey. Welcome everyone, I'm Lance Godey here in the Porter's 10Cast studio and this is Positively Mental. Thanks for joining me on exploring the mental health from a positive perspective. So this week I'm going to be mixing it up a little bit, uh, trying to get a little bit more creative. Uh, I've had podcasts on a couple topics uh, that I've presented myself. I've had a single professional guest, then I've had a couple personal perspectives, and most recently a pair of professional guests. So you know what we need? We need something completely different that I've never done before. And in the spirit of that, I'm excited to have Fallon McCormick in the studio today. Uh, she is a writer, producer, director, and co-editor of a short film called Addiction, for which she won the Best Wyoming Phil Film Award at the 307 Film Festival in August. I also have Jeremy Nielsen, uh, the film instructor from CWC, who taught Fallon at the college and helped produce this short film. Uh, Fallon and Jeremy, welcome to Positively Mental. Thanks, Lance. Great to be here. Thank you. Great. Um, so, Fallon, this, this short film approaches a topic of mental health that is definitely a tough one, addiction to drugs, specifically methamphetamine. Uh, it's a little rough but and a little in your face. Uh, I have watched it, uh, uh, had the opportunity to, to take a look at it, and it might cause a few people to wince a little bit, but tell us why you made this film. Um, so I had a sister. Well, I have a sister. She's not blood related or anything. My mom took her in when she was really young mm -hmm. and she is a meth addict. Um, so when she was sober, she would tell me about what it was like going on inside her head uh, and how she dealt with her addiction and, you know, everywhere from smoking a bunch of cigarettes to eating a bunch of candy um, you know, staring at the clock, wondering when time's going to go by. And I wanted to portray all that in my film. Uh, gotcha. So really it came from a personal place for you. Yeah, it did. Um, I decided to bring that to life in my directing final and personify what methamphetamine does to a person in their mind versus, you know, you see all these commercials and films on what it does to people addicted to meth Physically, you know, you see them losing teeth or you see them with scabs on their face or picking at themselves. And I wanted to show what it was like going on inside their head. Right, right. And, you know, I, it's interesting you mentioned that because when I watched it, I kind of was attracted to it from that mental 
perspective. Like it, it doesn't really go at the physical aspect. It goes at the mental aspect and really, you know, takes a look at that from a unique perspective. So I, I, I definitely appreciated that. Is this the first type of film in this area? Like in the mental health realm? Is it, is it uh, the first that you've ever done? Um, no, I did one on anxiety, um, about a girl having like a mental breakdown and missing school and things like that. Just kind of like a day in the life. Um, and then I did one on suicide, uh, also just kind of a day in the life, um, on their last day, uh, that they decided to commit suicide. Gotcha. Uh, I've done one on, this one isn't quite mental health, but on a child getting kidnapped, um, and just kind of what was going on in the kidnapper's mind a little bit. So you're, you're maybe have a tendency to approach things in, in that realm from a different angle. Like you, that seems to be an, an intriguing part for you that you want to take a look at. Yeah. I like touching on uncomfortable subjects and I don't like to sugarcoat it. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, I, I, I think, if, if people go out and find the film, and we're going to talk a little bit about it here and where they can find that, but um, I think they would definitely agree with me that it does that, um, doesn't sugarcoat it. It takes a look at it in a, in a really raw way. So what do, you th- what do you think about the film industry and its portrayal of mental health issues um, for yourself as, as someone who produced this short and several other shorts? Is it, uh, do you have a perspective of whether it's fair, whether there's more they could do, they should stay away from certain things, that type of thing? Um, I think that they, depending on who you watch and what you see, um, sometimes I've noticed they s- seem to over-exaggerate. Uh, like the movie Split, for example, mm-hmm. um, he had 23 personalities, but I feel like they totally blew it out of proportion. Um, but I've seen other films to where it kind of hits you know, dead on about different aspects of, of mental health. So I really think it just depends on who you watch and how Hollywood they want to be about it. Gotcha. Jeremy, what, what's your perspective of, of mental health in the film industry? Do, do you feel like it's portrayed well or could there be improvements? Well, it does seem like lately that it's in fashion to be slightly more realistic about um, mental health seems to be in the zeitgeist in general. We're talking about it more culturally and so I think films, while there are films that are going to squeeze it to get the maximum drama out of it, there are also films that are willing to explore just someone who's having a real struggle and it's not sensational or fascinating. It's just real. Right. Um, so I would agree that it, it kind of depends on the show. If it's a horror film, they're going to get extreme, I suppose. And if it's a slice of life, they might see how an ad- someone's addictive personality might could potentially destroy their life, but just one bite at a time instead of all exciting. So it's interesting, you know, that, that some films really go at it in a, in more of a subtle way. It's not in your face. And, and I I think maybe Fallon, you're short and I haven't seen any of the others, but that you probably have a style that has a tendency to be while it's up front, it's still subtle. It's not a, it's not gory. It's not. It's not intentionally shocking as much as it is. Well, I use the word subtle. Like it's. It's. <laughs> and, and and I don't know. As you're talking, Jeremy, it seems like you know some films out there. You know, go way overboard in what they present, which may start making it less real. Yeah, yeah. and and you know, with that, there can be problems um, because 
like Jeremy and I were talking earlier, is that uh, they make it seem like there are some problems that are more common than they really are or more dramatic than they really are. Um, so you can watch these films and then you say you see somebody with schizophrenia and you watched a film on schizophrenia, you're going to be like, oh, this person's a psycho. But really it's not as, I don't want to say as bad as what the movies portray it to be, but it's not as dramatic. Definitely. So um, where can people see your film? Um, if you go to YouTube and you type in Falonito, F-A-L-O-N-I-T-O, 1218, and you uh, look for addiction, that's going to be the film right there. Gotcha. And then And then my other films are on there as well. Are they? Okay. Yeah. Well, good. I'm, I'm definitely going to look for those. I, I did have the opportunity to see addiction ahead of time, uh, but I didn't realize you had others. Are, yeah. is, that, is that your, I don't know if I'm using the right terminology, your channel, your... Your yeah. ID, what's the right terminology? Uh, yeah, that's my channel. That's just where I go and upload all my short films. I have some really dumb ones on there, but I also have some, <laughs> you know, some decent ones on there. Yeah, great. So, Jeremy, tell me a little bit about Fallon as a student, Fallon as a graduate, um, you know, and, and that that film a- aspect that, that she went through. Um, tell me a little bit about, to give you an opportunity to kind of talk a little bit about your program at Central Wyoming College and 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 the the program that Fallon went through. Okay, so it's very exciting when a, a student who's graduated goes and and is shows a little ambition and enters into a film festival and gets recognized, you know, with an award like this one. Because um, a lot of times, for a lot of filmmakers, they they think that the last step is like finishing the movie. They don't realize that there's the whole distribution part of it. So it's super exciting for me to see someone, you know, kind of reaping the war, the rewards from, from this project they did. Um, a little background on the how this movie came about. So it's like their capstone project. And uh, there were probably eight students in the class. And they all work on each other's film. So for each time we go out as a crew, we're shooting one person's film, but everybody's working. Mm-hmm. And then tomorrow we all rotate. Mm-hmm. And for Fallon's, it was interesting because she actually broke the rules of the assignment. <laughs> um, the, the assignment was you could only have a single location. She managed to squeeze three locations out of her movie, <laughs> but she did it creatively and we shot them all in the same room. So on screen, it appears to be three places, but we shot them all within 10 feet of each other. So, so she broke the rules, but in a way that was efficient, like a good filmmaker should do. So I appreciated that. Um, and it was an interesting project because uh, for filmmakers, we're always struggling. How do we externalize things that go on inside of our characters? You know, like in literature, you can just write, you know, Lance wondered what he would have for dinner tonight. But filmmakers can't do that. Mm-hmm. So we have to somehow personify it. And this is an extreme example where we've got this character whose addiction becomes personified by this weird looking dude and she filmed it all in a in a way that that made everything very distorted and cartoonish when we when we saw the addiction on screen and it ended up and then the editing is really jarring and really uh, dynamic so all those things combined probably is why it did so well is we got a really great concept that was executed really well and it mu- clearly spoke to people so that's very exciting is exactly I, I totally agree so what do you think is next for you fallon and in, in whether it's in this particular genre or is there something else that you're headed towards um well currently i'm just kind of going with the flow 
but I'm slowly getting back into working on films, and uh, I have a couple friends in Casper that I graduated from CWC with mm-hmm. uh, that we're, we're uh, I don't know what it's called, getting together and uh, getting some ideas put together, and then I eventually want to move out of state and find somewhere that uh, I could actually work on film sets. All right, so you definitely have ambitions to stay in that industry, get more involved. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Is there anything in the works that you were, you know, kind of working on right now or? Um, well, so I'm working on one about a homeless man, uh, with my friend Sterling. And then I personally am slowly getting the idea in my head about, uh, the disorder, borderline personality disorder. Um, I was diagnosed with it in March. And so I want to show like the internal struggles that go along with that, um, because it's a very, it's a very highly diagnosed disorder, but it's very under-recognized. Um, not very many people know about it. When I tell them about it, they're like, oh, so you have multiple personalities or, oh, what's that, you know? So um, I think it's something that needs to have some light shed on it and, and some attention brought to it. Right. And using your skill, you can do that through yeah. film and and definitely look at it from a perspective that both is personal but can give a different perspective via the film. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's that's great. Anything else that you'd like to share? Any anything else either Jeremy or or Fallon? Um well, personally, I just wanted to say thank you to like my cast and crew and everybody that helped with the film. Uh I felt like, you know, because even though it was my film, they, I wouldn't have been able to do anything like this without them and without Jeremy and his ambition to work on my film um, and, ma- and making it a priority. And uh, so, yeah, I just wanted to say thank you for that. Great. Jeremy, anything? And I'd probably just say from the perspective of mental health and art, um, I think art can be a really incredible way to deal with some things that happen in our lives, um, a very... Uh, constructive way of dealing with things sometimes um so that's my armchair diagnosis i suppose right is that it's a great way to deal with things sometimes. right right and and you know i i i was really intrigued when i heard about you fallon and then and then really thought it really made a, a good connection to my podcast um it was early on when i first started and and i really had it in the back of my mind i've got to have her on because i want to have a variety of perspectives um, throughout the year and hopefully maybe down the road if I'm still doing podcasts and you're working on a new project and finished that project love to have you back and and talk about that um, because I think having different perspectives professional personal um, you know people who are in the you know the coming at things from different directions is a big part of it's not all the same one right after the other yeah and and I remember after uh, my my film was shown in Laramie uh, I had a couple who were sitting in the you know in the theater mm-hmm. and they came up to me afterwards and and they were both in the medical field for many years or at least the husband was um, and he told me that my film like hit dead on and that he was very surprised on how well I was able to portray everything uh, because he's seen it and he's seen addiction firsthand for many years. And uh, so something like that, I think that it's, it's good to have, you know, be able to show that perspective and be able to show it right on. I even showed it to my sister who was addicted to meth and she said that it was very well portrayed. 
No, I, I think you've done a, a fantastic job. I, I really want to encourage uh, listeners out there. Uh, we have a number of them across the, the state, across the country, and I've even heard of a few across the world. Cool. Um, so really want to encourage people to find Fallon's short film, Addiction. Uh, check out YouTube. Uh, you can find it as well as some other shorts. Look forward to seeing more in the future. Uh, Maybe, you know, something Hollywoodish, independent filmish, you know, <laughs> you never know. Remember that you were here when you started, um, <laughs> kind of, you know, started from the bottom now. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So Fallon and Jeremy, uh, thank you so much for coming to Positively Mental. I very much appreciate it. Thanks, thank Lance. You. So the last thing I'd like to cover in this podcast is holiday depression. So we're right in the middle of the holiday season, and with that comes a higher risk of depression, anxiety, stress, and other related emotions. So I really wanted to take an opportunity to recognize that, talk a little bit about it. Uh, This is just an opportunity for me to share some information with the listeners out there, wherever you happen to be, and uh, really just emphasize that this is a normal thing, that holiday depression and stress are a very normal thing. While it might be a fun time of the year uh, that's filled with parties, celebrations, social gatherings, family, friends, for many people, it is a time filled with some sadness, self-reflection, loneliness, and anxiety. So um, there's several reasons why you may develop depression or uh, any related uh, anxiety, things like that during the holidays. So stress, uh, there's definitely stress uh, during this time of year, whether it's financial stress, family stress, a number of areas that are particularly uh, worrisome. Uh, Fatigue, uh, getting tired at this time of year. Seasonally, it is a very prone time to being tired. Everyone uh, perhaps has heard of seasonal affective disorder. Uh, Basically, it's just a uh, fancy way of saying uh, the days are short and the nights are long, and that's just kind of sad provoking. So (laughs) uh, you definitely want to give yourself some credit for the fact that you might be a little bit more tired this time of year. Um, Unrealistic expectations uh, where we put a lot of uh, pressure on ourselves to uh, be better for the family, to, um, you know, kind of kick off the year. We're wrapping up our year uh, and, you know, kicking off next year. So, you know, sometimes that is unrealistic and we have to be careful to not uh, overshoot our expectations either from the past or coming up for the future. Uh, there's definitely an over-commercialization of the holidays. You know, everybody is expected to be happy, expected to be in love, expected to be perfect, uh, expected to have all the money that they need. All of those things are just over-commercialized to a point where it creates um, a number of uh, emotional responses. Uh, 
financial stress. Uh, well, I've got to get a present for all of my family, all of my friends. Uh, how am I going to afford all of this? Uh, how am I going to take care of my kids, uh, all of their needs, how to take care of myself, take care of my job? Uh, you know, it just is overwhelming at times. And then sometimes that loneliness comes from an inability to be with one's family and friends. Say you're living in an area where you can't get back to being with your friends or family, uh, and that creates more stress. So, all of that leads to significant demands um, that are just going to weigh on you, creating more tension, more overwhelmed feelings, and it just can spiral down. You have to watch that and really be careful and recognize that this is the time of year where that can happen. The cool part is, is there are things that you can do. Um, and that's what I want to share with you today is to really emphasize that there is a lot that you can do during the holidays to kind of fight against that. So one of those things is um, beginning a new tradition. If you have a family or you're away from your family and it's you know coming up with new things that you can do, a new routine, a new experience, maybe a new celebration style, something different that sets a new path for you uh, during the holiday season. Volunteering. Helping others, like working uh, at a soup kitchen, organizing a gift drive, helping your neighbor with a yard or a house task, looking for opportunities to get out and help others can very much help yourself. Getting back to nature or doing something physical, going for a walk in the park uh, or going getting outside in the woods, just taking a walk around town can help people relax, feel better. Uh, and lessen the feelings of being overwhelmed. You get that natural high of being outside uh, if you're getting out and doing something. You really do have to recognize that this time of year is uh, going to make you more prone to depression or sadness. It doesn't have to be that way, and there are a number of tips and things that you can do besides what I've mentioned. Uh, So, let me just hit some of the high ones and uh, we'll wrap up for today. Be realistic about your expectations for the holiday season. Be kind to yourself, soft to yourself, and understand that uh, time's going to go on. People will still love you. You will still be able to love, and uh, it's just another time of year. Set realistic goals for yourself. Know that it's okay uh, to set small goals and achieve those. Pace yourself. Make a list and prioritize important activities. Uh, be realistic about what you can and cannot do. Uh, don't put your energy into just one day. You know, just Thanksgiving, just Christmas, just New Year's Eve. Spread the cheer throughout the year. Uh, and that may be a little cliche to think, but recognize that don't put all the stress into one particular year or one particular day in the year. Live and enjoy the present. That's being present in the moment. Uh, reach out and make new friends, uh, whether it's going to church, going to a coffee shop, Um, going back to school, um, just going for a walk, sometimes opening yourself up to the opportunity to meet new people, 
uh, can be a great thing and start a new path for you in meeting new people. Trying something new is really a key. Uh, sometimes that's a great way to start something new is during the holidays, a new experience. Um, then making time for yourself. It's okay to be by yourself, uh, to be positive, whether it's reading books, whether it's listening to music, recognizing that uh, it's okay to be by yourself. And then the last thing is keeping track of your holiday spending. Overspending can lead to more depression when the bills arrive after the holidays are over. So extra bills with a little budget to pay them can lead to further stress and depression. So don't create more bills. Just create and give people time uh, and um, they'll appreciate that. So if you've noticed, I've had two podcasts in a row instead of one every other week. But because of the Christmas holiday, I'm going to take next week off, which should have been my normal week. I will be back the week of December 30th, and we are going to be talking about New Year's resolutions and setting yourself up for success in 2020. So join me in two weeks. I kind of have an interesting perspective on that and really want to encourage uh, all my listeners to come back and check that out. If you've been a listener before, you know that I end my podcast with a challenge on actions that you can take based on what we have talked about. So this week, here is my challenge. When thinking about the holidays, trying to figure out how to get uh, through them, remember what Michael from the TV show The Office said. He said, quote, everyone said to Vincent Van Gogh, You can't be a great painter. You only have one ear. And you know what he said? I can't hear you. Now, while this is a a humorous way to approach an issue, it's a good reminder. You have a choice about what and who you hear, both yourself and those around you during the holidays, but also year-round. Choose wisely. And choose with purpose to do your best at living a life that you love. I want to thank you again for listening. And if you know someone struggling with their mental health, talk to them, listen with an open mind, and offer your support or call a professional. Remember, the National Suicide Prevention Hotline number is 1-800-273-TALK or one 800 Two seven three eight two five five, and remember, let's all be positively mental out there.